Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. So, Vladimir, what will the first of your proofs reveal? Oh, I know, I could have had it developed in the circus's own photographic section. But we shall make do with inconvenience and no doubt imperfection for the privacy of doing it ourselves. And the child's pocket torch with a spaceman on the side and red filter. Fine improvisation. As so often in our lives, bloody improvisation and trial and error. First exposure much too long, second a little too short, but now... This one. Passable, just about. What have we here? What you have there is the magnifying glass I used to do my crosswords. Ah, the closed eyes, the bowed head. I know what you're thinking. I never did finish a single puzzle. The fire's smoking. That coal must be three-quarters damp slag. Really not good enough for our sitting room, George. I might have gone, but I should like to think my standards remain. Smiley. George, Lagan here. Yes, Oliver. I felt I owed you a call, George. We parted on a sour note. What was I brusque? It's just that it's imperative the General's unfortunate death, in fact, the last few years of his life, must be kept at a proper distance from us. He was a difficult part of our past and no part of our present. You still there? I'm here. So... Everything you found confirmed what we know to be true. We have had no contact with him for a long, long time. No snags, hitches, loose end. What about his phone bill? I sent it to you, asked for a breakdown of traceable calls. Uh, I'll chase that up. Have it sent round to you tonight. We want this tidied away soon. Now, get some sleep. You sound all in. Good night, George. Good night. They want to disown you, Vladimir. They do not know the man, they'll insist. Though a thousand cocks crow... Though you had two proofs for them and they concerned the Sandman, though your face was shot away by a Soviet weapon. For this. This photograph, Vladimir, has every mark of being stolen, as we say. Its subjects taken unawares, and stolen, I should imagine, with a view to burning. Blackmail. Four people, two men, two women, taken from high above. The women are naked, the men nearly so. Bottles and glasses all around them. In the background, an upholstered door. A brothel. A private club. Greedy. That man there. The fat, fair-haired one. Greedy, weak, vicious. Avoid. Look at the eyes. Small, pallid, mirthless, despite the grin. Avoid at all costs. The other one, now... Well, look at him, the girl with him, less falsely happy. Notice that? Little imp, little jester, little devil. He even has the horns, those tufts of hair sticking up from his brows. The man on the ferry that William saw. He had the same hairy horns, one of those crazy magicians, William called him. And the letter from the woman in Paris. General, will you not send me your magic friend once more? Know him, do you think? Who is he? Who was he? Run through that rogue's gallery in your professional memory, all those charlatans, peddlers, fabricators, middlemen, hoods, and occasional heroes. Smiley. George, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I meant it. I want to know, how are you? 
And I meant it, I'm well. I rang this morning. I was out, an administrative thing for Oliver Lakin. Oliver must begin his administration very early. I rang at seven. His wife's left him. Silly woman. You used to say she'd be wise to leave. She should get out fast, you said, before she turns into another civil service geisha. I've changed my mind. She needs him. You in Cornwall? No, I'm at Hilda's, two streets from you. And where's Hilda? Out all night, I expect, unless she brings him back here. Well, you must, uh, I suppose, find some way of... George. You mustn't, Anne. You mustn't come here. It has nothing to do with choice, it's to do with practicalities. Something has begun, it's beginning. Beginning again. You mustn't come here. Then you come here. When I was looking for your magnifying glass, I found a sheet of writing paper. My magnifying glass? You'd written one word. Darling, that's all. Could you think of nothing else to say? Did you forget which darling you'd meant to write to? Something is beginning again. Is it you? Can it really be you? After all this time, the Sandman, my Black Grail, Carla, all these things that have hinted and whispered to me all through this endless day, do they emanate from you? I hear them like drumbeats of my own past, a summons. Oh my, how chivalrous I hear Anne say. A summons to one last effort, one final attempt. What have I forgotten? Oh yes, soda. Never mind. Take it straight. Attempt what? Foolish old knight. Perhaps to externalise and resolve the conflict I've lived by. Oh my, she says, how philosophical. Resolve it through you, Carla. Am I too old? Surely I am like an old man watching the trains go by. None will stop for me. Unless it's the one that stopped for Vladimir and destroyed him. Did you destroy the old general, Carla? Or do I summon myself to chase phantoms? A senile general had a dream and died for it, and the fact that a man dies for a cause has not made that cause right. But he was so often right about you, Carla. You who've killed so many generals and soldiers and bystanders and marriages. You who sent the traitor Hayden into my wife's bed. His shadow, the shadow of your shadow, it is on her face, always like a stain, a taint. Why doesn't she come? Of course she will not come. Is there an Anne in your life, Carla? Or are you immune even to love? Invulnerable? No. No man is. There was a story. A key. Forgotten again. Forgotten her key again. Hold on, it's the damn bolt. Just a moment more, don't go. Good evening, Mr Smiley. I hope I didn't alarm you, sir. No. No, it's that damn bolt that sticks. Hey, Ferguson, sir. Remember me? 
I used to manage the transport pool for Miss Restorazzi's lamplighters. Oh. I thought lamplighter section had been disbanded. So it has, I regret to say. The camaraderie, spirits, has gone forever. But I'm still on the side of the angels. Do we have angels? Good question, sir. All men are fallible, especially these days. Friends of yours sent me around with this. Ah, yes. Yes, thank you very much. Was there something else? The Paisley pattern. My wife has one just like it. Oh, yes. The apron. I was working with chemicals. Good night, sir. Good night, Ferguson. A total of nine calls to and from Hamburg. That city again. Nine calls at a cumulative cost of £21. All to and from the same number. They call you the Sandman because anyone who gets too close to you is liable to fall asleep. Then I am not, I must assume, anywhere close to you. Do you ever suffer from insomnia? I was close to you once, remember? In that interrogation cell in that sweltering jail in Delhi. How long ago is that? Fifteen years? A hundred? We can smell through the barred window, dung and always smouldering fires, fire to cook or to cleanse or to remove the dead. You are a grey-haired little man with brown, appraising eyes. I point out to you what you already know. If you are repatriated to Russia, you will face the camps or the firing squad. To be in enemy hands like this is to be their enemy. Join us. Join us, and we will give you life. Go home, and they will give you death. Have a cigarette. Here, use my lighter. It is gold. It is smeared by my damp hands. It is engraved to George from Anne with all my love. Join us. You have nothing to lose. You utter not a word. Your silence is dogmatic. You are a man who would rather die at the hands of his friends than live at the hands of his enemies. Your completeness is awesome, and I am a stammering, pleading, sweating fool. You go home, you survive, you prosper, you become Carla, the sad man who keeps me awake. Carla, what do you want with me now? And do you still, by any chance, have my lighter? The little red spots mean sold. Yes. Well, actually, I'm not here to buy, although I may, of course. I wonder if I could possibly have a word with Miss Bernati. Oh, Signor Bernati is fully involved right now. That's the trouble with being international. If you could just tell him it's Mr. Angel. He does know me, Max Angel. Got an angel for you. Angel, as in paradise? Name of Max. He'll be out. Thank you so much. Mr. Angel. What pure pleasure, sir. Signor Bonatti, good morning. Come through, please. Emergencies only, darling. So, Toby, how are things in the art trade? We have been lucky, George. 
We had a good opening. We had a fantastic summer. Autumn, George. Autumn, I would say, is on the slow side. Tell you the truth, one must live off one's hump. Vladimir's dead. Shot dead on hamster teeth. I saw a mention in the papers. Oliver Lakin has asked me to sweep up the bits. As you were the group's postman, I thought I'd have a word with you. Sure. Any theories about who did it? At his age, after a lifetime of disappointment, I assumed he'd done it himself. It wasn't suicide, Toby. And it wasn't a jealous husband, either. Not unless he was equipped with a Moscow Centre murder weapon. I saw the body. When was the last time you had anything to do with his network? Network? Did I hear network, George? You call that crazy group a network? Twenty cuckoo bolts, leaky like a barn. We have to call them something. Not network. It's embarrassing. So what's the answer, Toby? What answer? When did you last have dealings with the group? Long ago, in a past life. Years? For sure. Two years, three? I'm not having fun here, George. These questions are not amusing. From my old boss, a friend, in my own house... I am no longer a postman for crazy emigres. I am no longer their Hector. And I am no longer your Toby Esterhazy. My name is Benati and I deal in art. And here you are in your interrogation mode. Which maybe is the only one you've got. You want matches so you can burn my feet? Before Vladimir died, hours before, he rang the circus. He said he had information for us. Important information. And he had two proofs of its importance. Oh, sure. Old man, too long on the payroll. Too many old man's dreams. Soft in the head and seeing big plots everywhere. When he made that call, he demanded Max. He insisted on me. Not Hector, his postman, who should have been his first contact. Why didn't he want his postman, Toby? Why didn't he want you? George, should I know why he doesn't ask for me? Did you quarrel with him, perhaps, more recently than years ago? Are these the bits you're supposed to be sweeping up for Lacon? Seems to me all you're doing is raising dust. Let me speculate a little. Vladimir contacted you. Was it within the last few weeks? I suspect it must have been. He asked you to do something for him and you refused. That's why when he rang the circus he demanded me. Any truth in that? For an official fellow, George, under Lacon's orders, you are asking some pretty damn unofficial questions, if I may say so. If I may say so, Toby, I think you're scared. You knew Vladimir's death was no suicide. You thought that whoever killed him might kill you too. Were you even sure I was the right angel? Check the peephole before you open the door. Maybe you're carrying a gun. Any truth in that? All I thought, George, was that whoever came through that door might be someone I owe money. <sighs> Vladimir sent up a distress rocket. When? Two weeks ago. And you met him? At the Science Museum. And he put a proposition to you. What he wants, the crazy old guy, is for me to go to Hamburg. Collect something for him. Hamburg. Unofficial. No cover, no babysitter. What were you to collect? All he told me was a document. If we get this document, and this document is genuine, we win immediate place in heaven. And you turned him down. Why did you do that? You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Why I told him to go to hell. Leave my sight, please. I am sickened. You want to know who his connect is out there? This magic man in Germany with a crock of gold? Otto Leipzig. Remember him? Yes, I do remember. Holder many times of our Creep of the Year award... Liar, lie peddler, confidence man, sex maniac, pimp, various types of criminal. Otto Leipzig, little man, impish face, tufts of hair sticking up like horns. That's him, goatish devil. He'd sell us fake papers with one hand and offer us his grandmother cheap with the other. Our resident in Berlin, him he took for 2,000 Deutschmarks, 2,000, for a rewrite from Stern magazine. It wasn't all lies, though, was it? We never faulted Leipzig's report on Moscow Centre. I remember that distinctly. Nor did we fault him on Carla. Carla, Toby. Does Vladimir say this was to do with Carla? 
the Sandman. Otto, the fiddling goat, and a senile general, and the Sandman. Tell me the rest, please. George, listen, here's something wise. You're retired, I sell art, and retirement's next for me too, probably soon. You know the first rule of retirement? No moonlighting, no fooling with loose ends, no private enterprise, ever. You know who preached this rule? George Smiley did. A wise owl, that Smiley. When it's over, it's over, he always said. Pull down the shutters, go home. We're over, George. Go home. Please, Toby, tell me the rest. The rest. Oh, you love the rest. It's hilarious. You want to know what Leipzig wants? Once the circus shows interest in his gold mine, he wants 5,000 Swiss for an audition fee. Then, if the circus wants to buy his gold mine, you want to hear how much? 50,000 Swiss. 50 grand, George. All for Otto Leipzig. This isn't about Carla. It's about a man who'd sell anything, and it's about money. What did Vladimir want for himself? Nothing. He's a senile saint. This is about more than money. What did Vladimir say about Carla? He's acting crazy. What did he say about Carla? That's what Vladi said. The Sandman is acting crazy. He's trying to create a legend for a girl. A cover story for a female agent to infiltrate where? Wonderland, maybe? Never Neverland, the Isle of Skye, who knows? Why ask me? Vladi said you're the one would understand. Look at this. That's Otto Leipzig. I'd know that lying mouth in any light. Who's the other man? No idea. I don't know the girls either. It's not Otto's partner, the one he's worked with since the old days. What was his name? Kretschmar. Klaus Kretschmar. No, definitely not him. When we needed Otto, how did we get in touch? George, we don't need Otto Leipzig. He's a bum with lousy, dangerous connections. How did we get in touch? Marriage ads in Hamburg paper. Petra, 22, petite, crap like that. And in an emergency? We got him through Kretschmer. He's got a nightclub in Hamburg. Don't do this, George. What's the nightclub called? The Blue Diamond. Don't do it, George. Carlo was making a legend for a girl. Anything else? That's all. The Sandman is making a legend for a girl. He's been acting crazy and he's got a wound. A wound? Did he mean a weakness? No idea. I'd stopped listening by then. The old man was weeping, for God's sake. From frustration, no doubt. Oh, maybe. And from old age and too much fag smoke in his eyes and too much vodka. For a dream of one last cavalry charge against the Kremlin, he'd have said anything, George. Yes? Tell them five minutes. Give them coffee. Sharing a what? Five minutes. Hip flask, George. In these times, this is the kind of roughneck they send to discuss a gentleman's finances. So, in five minutes, I will be in a taxi, long gone. Always have at least two ways out, George. Of course. And you're sure there's nothing else? Nothing. Vladdy wanted action. He wanted to be on the trail again. Even one going nowhere. He was an old spy in a hurry. You used to say they were the worst. Oh, don't give me the hard stare. We're both old spies. I never hurry. True. But if you don't get out of here fast, those two out there will sequester you in part payment. And hear me. You want a Hungarian babysitter someday? Call me. You go near the likes of Otto. You'd better have the likes of Toby look after you. Hear me? Thanks, Toby. Now let's both walk quickly away. No hurry. In opposite directions. 
merrily boarding all pets' eggs if out do not leave pets on speck. No bloody monkeys. Scrawled on a piece of cardboard with felt tip pen and nailed to a tree. Poor old Connie. So this is her dacha. It's all she has now, isn't it? No house in Oxford anymore. Why not let her be, George? You've heard things, seen things, begun to remember things. Enough to guess the rest. Let her be. Leave her in peace. I haven't forgotten, by the way, how you spoke to me on the telephone. Never shall, nor forgive. Carla, what a place to come looking for you. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Hilary, it's only for an hour, I promise. No more than an hour. What is it, Hills? Hog, weevil, badger, or giraffe? It's human, Con. She human or the other thing? It's George, Con. Don't be cross. Don't make her cross. Of course not. George the lorry who waters my coal, or George the meat who poisons my dogs. Is there flirting? Unhand my Hillary. Well, a few questions, Hillary. An old case. She mustn't get cross. Oh! Oh, my giddy aunts. Hello, Connie. Oh, my jumping, whatever's. George, son, my Welcome to Siberia. One of our old cases, Con, it's come alive again. Like they do. And is that booze you're toting in that bag? Yes, it is. Goody. Let's have lots. Hills, darling, go feed the doggies, then feed the chickadees, and then mix tomorrow's meal. You, Smiley, take up thy clinking bag and follow me. Connie's not coming back, George. The old fool has hung her boots up for good. For one good reason, she's dying. Top the bugger up, man. I'm not dead yet. I'm not here to woo you away, Connie. Oh, it can't be done. There's hills and me and the frightful animals and the rest is here, be dragons. How's the demon, Anne? Flourishing, I gather. You gather. I wish you would. Gather her up for good is what you should do, or else put powdered glass in her coffee, mud in your eye. And in yours, Connor. So, so one old case has crawled out of its grave. I'm not saying I'll help you, mind. I've discovered love since we parted. It addles the hormones and softens the teeth. Can't recommend it too highly. Out with it. Kirov. Oleg Kirov. Ring a bell. He was in Paris some years back, Saved Embassy. You and I rather thought he was a Moscow centre man. Well, what's Oleg been up to? What are you up to? I was shown a photograph recently of Otto Leipzig. <laughs> Otto the ferret. At first I didn't recognise the man with him, but I'm now almost sure it was Oleg Kirov. You know how it is? Scraps of memory flutter up. Kirov Oleg, born Leningrad, October 1929, arrived Paris June the 1st, 1974, with the rank and quality of Second Secretary Commercial. Identified as Hood by the Paris Lodge of the Baltic Emigre Group, led by dear old Vladimir. How is the general, the old Ram? Still terrifying the virgins of Paddington? I'm sure he is. Top me up again. Uh, well, I should tell Hills to go forth in the world, shouldn't I? Go forth and marry a chinless fool, spawn brats, fulfil her foul womanhood. 
but I'll be damned if I will. I want her. Every gorgeous bit of her. Otto the ferret and Oleg Kirov. Ginger Pig, I called him. I've got bits, Con. I want it all. <laughs> you always did. Oleg Kirov was a Moscow centre man. He was a hood. He was fat and stupid and greedy and he smelled, but he was a Moscow hood. And I proved it, and our masters said, drop it and run along. Mainly because a lot of my info came, first of all, from Otto. No, there was collateral, of course. I was always a stickler for collateral. Great fat files of it. You know that, George. I do. But Otto was a big hurdle. The fifth floor wouldn't believe a word, he said. Well, Otto had his weaknesses, I'll grant you. In fact, he was a monumental liar and thief. But when it came down to the Moscow stuff, to the big stuff, he played a straight bat. You understood that. You alone of all your tribe... I seem to recall that one of your files made the point that Kirov enjoyed unusual freedom for a second century. Highly unusual. In Paris, he was allowed to shop alone, go to the third world receptions and embassy parties without the customary 15 chaperones. And then later he was flying all over the place. Bonn, Madrid, Stockholm, Vienna, always back to Paris. Paris was his hub. He had that freedom because he wasn't mainstream. <laughs> the dark name is looming. <laughs> what it might. Carla. Carla, who loved a soldier, and Kirov was no soldier. He loathed all idiots, and Kirov was an idiot. What <laughs> would Carla have hired an oaf like that? <laughs> would you? Well, whisper who dares, but for my money he did. There was talk back then, wasn't there, that... Carla was acting strangely, hiring odd people, summoning them to meetings in the middle of the night. Which all might have been a smokescreen for something devilish clever. But the far-from-clever Oleg Kirov was not mainstream. He was Carla's. And that's what Otto and Vladimir thought, too. So what we were aiming for was a straight copybook, honey trap, naughty photographs, information with menaces and... Kirov was weak enough and greedy enough to fall for it. If he was Carla's man, he would already have the fear of the dark god in him, so we'd give that fear a twist and burn him. But no, we were told. Stop moon-gazing and get down to earthly matters. Saul Enderby looks at me like I'm an errant schoolgirl. This service is in the business of collecting intelligence, not conducting feuds against the opposition. Call our wall a feud. Was he? Case dustbin? No honey trap? Fixture cancelled? Connie, you're all right. I'll get the old soak another drink. No, I don't. George... I'm here, Connie. What's wrong? Oh, oh my hat. Connie. Hillary, are you there, Hills? You could simply go, George. Four steps down from the veranda and your car's not a hundred feet away. But you won't. Connie is seduced by you again. Your insane business is what she's lived for. That's her. She's giving her only song. One more time. Just for you. 
even if it kills her. How is she? She's fine. Everything's fine. I'm so sorry, Hills. If she wants me to go... No, she wants you back. You knew she would. I want you to go. I want you to go very soon. It really shouldn't take much longer. It'll take as long as you and she want. Spot of Timor Mortis, George. <laughs> the leech prescribes Valium, but the old fool prefers the juice. Now, a little higher hills, can we just wear the vertebrae get stuck in the tonsils? <gasps> That's it. Oh, that is definitely it, darling. <sighs> so, George, do you want the pivot, the keynote, the nub? Hate. Plain, honest to God, black loathing. Well, hate and money. Those were always Otto the Ferret's two best things. He'd hated Oleg Kira for twenty-odd years, since they were two hungry young men when they were sharing intrigue and sedition together in the docks at Tallinn and sharing a girl. Since Oleg the Ginger Pig sold Otto to the secret police, who promptly threw him in the slammer for five years. And the girl, well, the girl died. Missing, believed, interrogated, so there's your reason for hate. And a creep like Kirov is bound to rise. There's your chance for money. Hate and money. Have another drink, John. I'd much rather have tea. Tea? I'll make it. No. I did write all this down, you know. Why not read my files? Lost, destroyed, eaten by mealy-buffs. Or is Mr. Smiley not allowed near them? Is he flying solo in his old age? Is that it, George? I want to hear it all from you. Liar. You even lied to me about old General Vladimir who walked into a bullet on Hampstead Heath. I'm sorry about that, Com. Yeah, of course you are. Not that it matters. I want you to go, George. I'm going to make tea. Well, be careful. Take your time. Don't be long. Right, right. So, when Otto meets up with Kirov again 20 years later, there's hate and there's the prospect of money. But does Otto know Kirov wonders that it was naughty me sold him into the gulag? Does he know that I know that he knows all those dusty old mirrors? <laughs> and Otto walks through that hall of mirrors like a hearty one. Before long, it's champagne and deals and girls again, and after a little mutual feeding and back-scratching, the usual fan-dance of exchanging favours, Otto sees his chance. Oleg Kirov, in his... New role as second secretary and second role as Moscow centre hood and third as Carla's hired hand was fishing among emigres in Paris. Fishing for what? I don't push them. It's not like you to push. Kirov's story to Otto was that Moscow had issued a secret instruction. Emigre families who had been forced to leave kin behind in Russia might be united abroad. In Paris, say, say an exiled mother in Paris whose daughter was trapped in Russia. That daughter might be reunited with that mother. Enhance the Soviet Union's image in the field of human rights. Otto was in with the emigres. Maybe he could help Kirov find such a mother if... Otto could help find a suitable candidate, even if no reunion takes place. One thousand US dollars on the nail cash cash. Secrecy essential. Or balls, of course. Certainly so do your masters. Either Otto's lying again or Kirov's a nutcase or a bit of both. Case dismissed. Kirov was trying to create a legend for a girl. 
the family reunion was to be cover for a female agent. Maybe, maybe, George, maybe something else. It's all grey now, isn't it? Grey and fudged. No shooting war now. Just half angels fighting half devils. No one knows where the lines are anymore. Maybe something else, you said. Did I? You know you did come. I wonder what I meant. You're flirting. You lie, I flirt. Vladimir said recently that Carla was behaving strangely again. And he had a wound. Do tell. Thank you. Remember, we heard a story, you and I, and we shared it with no one. Carla had someone he loved. A mistress. And she had a daughter. You'd stored that one away, didn't we, darling? Our own private treasure. That story's not in any file. <laughs> Carla's one true love. His joy and his torment. His wound, his weakness. His Anne. <laughs> he found her when she was just a girl, hiding in some bombed-out village during the war. So our secret story goes. He raised her, educated and shaped her. He played her daddy and her lover and her god. And then he killed her. Why? Why kill her if he loved her? Well, because he's Carla. There was a brat, like you said. The brat was the trouble. They usually are. The mother had started to have ideas of her own, never wise. She'd taken to mixing with bloody intellectuals, asking why and why not, and filling the brat's head with dangerous, mad ideas like freedom. So he had the poor bitch carted off and spavined. All records of her destroyed. Anyone who'd known about her killed, that's Carla's way. Bless him. <laughs> we don't even know her name. The daughter's name? Well, we did hear her. Whisper of Tatiana, but we don't know. I like Tatiana. Fits such a romantic story. Last rumour we heard she'd been raising hell all over, sex and booze and rabble-rousing, saying she couldn't be touched because her daddy was the biggest beef in Moscow and Russia in the world, and daddy had murdered mummy for having insufficient faith in the historical process. Oh, perhaps the trouble, George. Especially the female model. Harold and I will never adopt. Take me with you. Take you where? <laughs> You've got your Carla look. Who killed Vladimir and why? You think Vladdy had opened up the vein again and Carla had him killed? The theory will take me with you. No more Jews, I swear. Get me up to London and I'll find his brat for you, even if she doesn't exist. Twin cities, we used to call you, you and Carla. Distorting mirrors facing each other. No. Two halves of the same apple. No, Connie. Each the shadow of the other's shadow. No. George, darling. That is cheap. Unjust. Stop it. His methods. I said stop. His absolutism. Stop this and go. Not mine. Go now, George. It's all right, Hilary. I'm so sorry, Connie. I'm getting old. Give Mr. Smiley your gospel hills. The stone's in the water. Oh, Con, no, please. Give it hills. Then George will go. Just get the first line out. Shove it out now. Love is positive power. Good girl. Now the stones. Love is a stone thrown into water. If there were enough stones, enough love... The ripples would be strong enough to reach across the sea and drown all the haters. Even Carla. Even him. Isn't that not the loveliest build you've ever heard, George? 
go home now. Carla won't give you back your past. Be like the old fool here. Get yourself a bit of love and wait for Armageddon. Goodbye, Connie. Goodbye, Hillary. I am truly sorry. George? Yes, Con. His methods, you said. Carter's ways are not yours. So what do you want with his daughter? Good question, George. What do you want with this girl who might be called Tachana but might not? Who might be mad or mythical or dead? Maybe you don't know what you want. So, you're on your way to Germany again. Germany, your second nature, your second soul. Hamburg, because Vladimir called there, he sent William there for one of his proofs, because William saw Otto Leipzig there, because Otto's partner has a nightclub there, and because you've always loved this city. Although I've no doubt, even all these years later, you still sense danger in its streets. After spending half the war in Germany in the lonely terror of the spy, however much you love it, that country will always, in your heart, be enemy territory. You may complete the form, sir, in whatever name you choose. Membership costs 175 marks. You will then be entitled to enter free for a full year, as many times as you wish. The entertainment, which is of an explicit nature, but exceedingly artistic and tasteful, is free, although the girls, of course, receive gifts appreciatively. Of course. But I'd rather remain alone, no company. I shall advise the staff, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And welcome to the Blue Diamond. The proprietor, Herr Kretschmer, is he in the house tonight? Herr Kretschmer is a man of many commitments, sir. I'm sure. But I wonder if you could ask him to see me. You may tell him it's a special request. Excuse me, sir. Yes? Forgive me for interrupting the performance. Quite all right. Uh, this, I hope you agree, is one of our most artistic performances. Indeed. If you wish to see Herr Kretschmar to discuss your request, I can take you to his office now. Thank you very much. Of course. You could wait five more minutes. The climax has been called a masterpiece of its kind. Thank you, but I'll see Herr Gretschmann now, if I may. Our girls are well-bred and well-trained and amenable to many things. Not all things, of course. Or is it perhaps not a girl you have in mind? Please. Thank you. As a matter of fact, Herr Gretschmann, who I have in mind is Otto Leipzig. I understand you were once a business partner of his. So was I. Who are you, please? Otto called me Max. And the nature of your business with him? Well, most recently he sent through intermediaries a negative photograph of erotic content. Otto himself, with others, was modelling in the picture. And I rather think it was taken through that window there. Does it look down into one of your private chambers? There is another aspect of the business. And what is that? The gentleman who was acting as intermediary on this occasion is now dead. Pity? Yes. I came to warn Otto. Warn him? 
Uh, how did your intermediary die? He was shot. By which I mean murdered. It wasn't suicide or an accident or anything like that. It was murder. Are you police? Uh, Scotland Yard? No. Are you... London? Uh, Otto sometimes says he must speak to London. Otto has done freelance work for my parent company many times. And if your parent company wanted to reach Otto, what steps did they take? There was an arrangement involving advertisements in a Hamburg newspaper. And if they wished to contact him more urgently? There was you. Have you brought me something? I'm sorry, I don't understand. A card, for instance? Uh, nothing to show me? I'm afraid not. Pity. Perhaps when I've seen Otto, I'll understand your question better. What was the intermediary's name? He was known as the General. And your name again? Otto called me Max. Max. Yes. I must explain something. I run a decent house here, a lawful business. I'm not in the habit of photographing clients. But this wasn't business, this was friendship. Many years ago, Otto went to prison for me. We stole something. In those days, we did steal. The times were very hard. I was not respectable then. Now that I have money, I can afford to be respectable. We stole. Otto was caught. He lied. He went to prison. And because of his lie, I did not. When he got out, I offered to pay him. He declined. One day he said, I'll ask you for something. Anything, I said. He said, maybe your wife. You shall have her, I said. And he asked you for the photograph. Two months ago, a letter arrived here for Otto from the general. It was a long letter, several pages. Otto read it, got very excited. Very. I didn't see him again for about a month. Uh, again, very excited. And he wanted to use your nightclub for the photograph. He called it a honey trap. The man he brought with him was an Ivan, a Russian. He was disagreeable. He sweated a lot. His smell was not pleasant. And in certain other ways, uh, not a gentleman. My girls were unhappy to be with him. Can you tell me anything about what he and Otto discussed? Oh, uh, girls, money, God, <laughs> the world. Otto was singing, telling jokes, laughing. He, he, he laughed like an executioner. And uh, you think he is now in danger? Yes. But I think he is chosen to me. <laughs> that is Otto. <laughs> I told him, Otto, you should have been a high-wire acrobat. To Otto, no day is worth living unless it threatens to be his last. When he saw the Russian in the photograph, he said, now I have taken him over the edge and he can't get back. And now Otto is close to the edge. Well, as I said, not so unusual. Do you have a car? I've hired one, yes. I will write directions, sir. This place he's living now is quite far north, within sight of the water border to East Germany. Beyond that, seven and a half thousand miles of Soviet empire. As usual, Otto close to the edge. Uh, it's what they call a water camp, uh, people living on houseboats and barges and such. Look for the Isadora, that is Otto's hiding place, a 40-foot motor launch that will never sail again. Thank you, Herr Kretschmann. Yeah, Herr Max, may I ask you once more? You have nothing for me? Nothing to show me? I have the photograph. Not that. Then I'm afraid I have nothing. Pity. Greet Otto for me.
This is quite a trail you've set me on, Vladimir. And there's always the thought, isn't there, the fear that the trail has been laid by Carla himself. Where the Sandman is concerned, all things are tainted with doubt. You're driving much too fast, George. Look at the mist. The tarmac will be damp and treacherous. You should drive more often, you know. You're out of practice and almost out of control. But you look calm. I suppose you've always had that knack to look unruffled in an emergency. Even with me. Now, slowly. Turn left at the container park. That was Kretschmar's instruction. You think he might belong to Carla? He doesn't. Trust him. Trust me. in your way. This cold is like your touch would be in a very bad dream. I'm looking for Herr Leipzig. Otto Leipzig? Do you know him? I think he lives sometimes on a boat around here, the Isadora. That's her. But she's adrift. Is Otto on board? I'm a friend of his. How do I get to him? Call him. Otto! Otto, are you there? It's Max. Is he out there or not? Did you see him go out? The last hyena comes and goes. What do I care? How can I get out to the boat? I can take you. Cost you ten marks. Take me five metres? Oh, you could swim. This friend of yours, his scum. Did you hear me? If he's on there, he's slipping it off. There was a party. Music and singing and shouting. They told us it would be loud. Otto did. They're his other friends. Big fella and his little driver. Police. Uniforms? You might say. Tall fellow and a leather coat. Old little fellow. But broad. Muscle. So, even if they're shouting with some music, squeaky jazz it was... I'm a citizen knows when to keep his mouth shut. You best mind that ladder. Slippery. Wait here. The fair back's only two marks. Otto, are you in here? Some dead faces have a dull, stupid look, like a patient under anaesthetic, not you. Even when they looked at you there, trust, gagged, bruised, torn, dead. They must have known you hated them still. You would be pleased to know, I think, that you frustrated them till the end. It shows they ripped this place apart. Your courage 
Otto, your refusal to talk, your fighting back, your hatred of them, they're all perfectly clear in the wreckage. Well done. And all this blood. So much. I sincerely believe it's not all yours. And however loud the music, it would never have been enough. They heard you out there, Otto. Your torture, your pain, your hate, your defiance. Klaus asked me to greet you for him. This was done on Carla's orders, wasn't it, Otto? This is Carla's way. Connie and I agreed we could trust you on such things. We were right. Death has confirmed it for us. You were telling the truth. Goodbye, Otto. Is he down there? Sleeping it off? Or still drunk? He was scum. They all are around here. Polacks, criminals, subhumans. What are you doing? Oh, going fishing, visitor. Hold, hold, hold away. Ah. <laughs> so it's back to your Moscow rules, Vladimir. To get out of the country before too much of a chase is on. When that dreadful boatman reports the number of my car, which I've no doubt he will when poor Otto's found. I'm so sorry about Otto, Vladimir. Well, I've got out of Germany illicitly before. Although that was a different Germany. And now I'm old. Get rid of the car first in a railway car park. Then buy a ticket here, a ticket there, lay a false trail or two. Attract attention in this place, be as inconspicuous as possible in another. Phone the airport, check my booking under the name already on their books. That name may well ring bells soon. Of course I have others. As Toby said, Vladdy, always have at least two ways out. And clothes, buy a new jacket in one shop, a new hat in another, a new tie in a third. People who buy whole outfits are remembered. But we must see Herr Kretschmar before we leave. What time is it? Morning yet. I rather imagine he'll be at home at this time. Men who run nightclubs often are. What do you think, Vladimir? I think you're driving a bit too slowly now. Moscow rules, remember? Don't attract attention even by being too careful. And please let me choose your hat. Your dress sense, if we can call it that, especially when it comes to headwear, converge on the clownish. So sorry about Otto, George. I like the look of him. Who is this? Who is the nice surprise? What can we do for you, sir? I wish to speak with your husband. Ah, but Klaus prepares the barbecue. A beautiful autumn day, perfect for outdoor jollity. It really is very important. It cannot be that important. I do assure you. In the daytime, by family decree, the profit motive has its sleep. Please tell your husband this is not business, this is friendship. How can it be friendship when I have no idea who you are? Tell him it's Max, with news of Otto. Who killed him? I don't know. But you have some idea? There were two of them, but they're probably safe across the water already. <sighs> Ivans. Russians. Soviets. On Otto's boat, he'd made a mark with yellow chalk. Ah, 
his, uh, his Moscow rules. Yes. Near it, a length of fishing line was fixed. It led into the water, almost invisible, but the chalk told me to look. When I pulled it out, there was an old gym shoe hooked to it. Inside the shoe was a tobacco pouch. Inside that was this. Last night you asked if I had anything for you. You mentioned a card. This is half a card. Do you have the other half? Yes. I think you also have the recording that was made the night you took the photograph. There was a recording, was there not? Of Otto and the target. I have it. Do you also have the letter that arrived for Otto from London? Then match your half with this and give me the material. That was the arrangement, was it not? Moscow rules. I shall use it exactly as Otto would have wished. You promised us? Yes. It will be a great embarrassment to the man who sent the killers. Embarrassment? He should be killed. It will do worse than kill him. I promise this. Everything is in here. Cassettes, uh, a photocopy of the letter. He entrusted them to me. Uh, not business. No. Friendship, he was wise. Max, uh, these are violent times. If you need anything, you let me know. I have my people. I'll keep that in mind. You will go back to London? Not yet, I think. The letter came originally from Paris and... Yes. Here is her address. Go away! Go away now! Madame Ostrakova, I'm here to help you. I don't need help. I have a gun. I'm glad to hear it. In your second letter, you said men were watching your house. Where did you get my letter? Was one of them tall and wearing a leather coat? The other was short, I think, but very strong. You're looking at me through the peephole, I know. I hate the thing. Makes you look like a faraway frog. Actually, I've been told there is something froggish in my appearance. But tell me, do I look like the kind of men who are watching you? Take off your hat. It didn't suit you. Who chose such a silly thing for you? I chose it myself. I am very tired. Take off your glasses. You look very tired. Yes, but I can help you. I can protect you. That's why I'm here. Did the General send you? Yes. Well, that's not exactly true. General Vladimir is dead, but he was my friend. He would want me to be here. Thank you. Madame Ostrakova. The General called me Max. What about the little magician? Otto. He too is dead. Are they going to kill us all? We won't allow that. Good. Because I don't know if I could really fire this thing. I don't think I could kill another woman's child. And I am so tired. I know about your daughter, Madame Ostrakova. And I know about the girl who is not your daughter. In episode two of Smiley's People, 
George Smiley was played by Simon Russell Beale. Oliver Lakin was played by Alex Jennings. Anne Smiley by Anna Chancellor. Maria Ostrakova by Lindsay Duncan. Toby Esterhazy by Sam Dale. Connie Sachs by Maggie Steed. Hilary by Alison Pettit. And Klaus Kretschmar by Bruce Alexander. Other parts were played by Keeley Beresford, Nigel Hastings and Joanna Monroe. Smiley's People was dramatised for radio by Robert Forrest from the novel by John le Carre. The producer was Patrick Rayner. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.